What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, hammering it home. This spring, there's a lot of awesome stuff coming up. Headed into the summer as well. Last chance broadhead shoot with West Coast Archery. May 15th through the 17th. And also coming up June 13th in Reno is the Dead Eye Golf Tournament. For more information and more details, check them both out on Instagram. I'm sure you'll have no problem finding their accounts. Also get ready, Yeti Total Archery Challenge. It's going to be a blast. Hope to see everyone there. Thanks. Are they badass? They are badass. Yeah. And what is is that for off of your camera? You just hook it on to yeah. a so, client while they're so running? So you, 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 on the top of the DSLR, you mm-hmm. just run a wire into your mic hole, but it slides into the shoe and then it's Bluetooth. Really? It's fantastic. What's the range on that? I think it advertises like 400 feet, but I don't know its effective range if you're facing it or not, but uh-huh. I can tell you that it will absolutely change your audio and not having to you know like say if it was a a a girl or a a woman you know if you have to drop the wire down like the blouse to make it look like there's just a uh, an easy piece with that where you can just clip it on yeah you can say or say hey can you clip this on right so because there's a real pc way to do that right yeah (laughs) so without having to be awkward about it yeah yeah i'll turn around (laughs) if you can just clip this on it'd be great seriously so Seriously, so it's been about two years, I think. Has it been that long? I think, yeah. It's crazy. Time flies, man. Time does fly, dude. Especially when all like when you just are hunting all the time. Yeah, time flies when you're chasing critters. It's so much fun to chase critters. Yeah, it's like my favorite thing in the whole world to do. Seriously, yeah. we were talking about that a little bit earlier, about how you're kind of the first person in your family in the generations of history. And the generations of hunters and your family to really be gung-ho. All in. All in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both thumbs out, chips all in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what's that like for you? Uh, It's very normal, really. You know, Mm -hmm. I always say that um, you don't get to choose what you love. Right. right, just comes out there. This is a terrible analogy, but I always... It's okay. Um, I'm amazing with but, terrible analogies. <laughs> but I, I talk about that guy that's like, like he went out and he went to the store and he bought this awesome white belt because he thinks it's just the coolest belt in the whole world. And then all of his buddies laugh at him, but he still rocks the white belt because it's, he just knows in his heart it's the coolest belt ever. Um, so um, I'm like that guy. I don't care if it's not cool or whatever to anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite thing in the whole world. So, really? Yes. I love it. So, because you film hunts. Yes. You've guided hunts. Yes. Right? Yeah. And how did you get into, what was the idea for you behind the passion of getting into filming hunts? Oh, honestly, uh, what my younger brother, well, let me roll back. So um, I know nothing about cameras, right? Uh-huh. I am I am the, the ignorant hunt filmer, but we do a family trip to Lake Mead every year since like 54. 
right? Uh And um, it was 2000, roughly. Maybe it was in the 90s. I can't remember. My younger brother, uh, we had recorded a bunch of our fishing on the lake, and then he edited it in Pinnacle Studio, early generation Pinnacle Studio, and yeah. showed it to me, put it to like Metallica 1, and I was like, how cool is that? I was like, and it was so rough, but yeah. I was like, that is the greatest thing I've ever <laughs> seen. I'm like, how did you do that? And he goes, it was real easy, and I was like, no, no, no. Here, you let me show you. You have to show me, and it was, you know, cut and splice and all that stuff, and then from that day forward, I was so enamored by film, and I still am, that I just wanted to be able to document what we're doing mm-hmm. and be able to have that to show the next generation. Yeah. And then we had platforms like Yahoo Videos going way back, right? Yeah. And then YouTube and Yahoo all these other places. Videos. Do you remember oh Yahoo Videos? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That was the first place I knew to share. And, and I think YouTube was around before, but I had a Yahoo email, and so I was like, hey, it's, it's here. Um, but then we just started sharing it with family and friends on these hunts. We would document our experience, and it was really crude. And uh, to look at some of that stuff today, you'd just shake your head like, what were you doing filming that? Yeah. Right? And then when we finally, you know, when I finally did build a YouTube channel, which I didn't even know was a thing. I just had a login, and I could put it there and share it. And that's the only reason we did is because it was easier to share there than anywhere else. Um, and then people started watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, people find it, they click or whatever. And at one point I had a good friend say, hey man, can you do a skull cleaning video? Because I've cleaned skulls for like 25 years. Yeah. Just couldn't afford my own, learned how to do it. And I put it up on YouTube and it, people found it. And it started to really, really grow the presence. And thought. so I thought, oh man, I'm gonna have to do a better job of the edit. Right? Yeah. I'm gonna have to clean this up because people are like literally they're they're There's watching. There's a lot it. of people looking at this. They're doing a yeah. It's, <laughs> they're they're watching and um uh, and it's rough at mm-hmm. best. We were in hunt camp uh, on the Tahoe years ago and there was a guy there who was a film producer and we were watching stuff we filmed on the ranch and he pulls me aside and he's like, "You need to clean up your edit." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know how." <laughs> You're looking at it, bud. Yeah. That's as good as it's got. And then. Uh, Anyway, we just got used to what people reacted to, what they saw, what they didn't like, and then searching how to do things on YouTube and just trying to make it better. Yeah. So I would love to be known as the guy that, I would love to be known as the hunter first and the guy that films and shares hunts. But um, if I'm known for anything, it's the skull work. For sure, for sure. For the skull work. I, I think the first podcast you did with us, I think was a lot about probably all of the the skull work, the skull work yeah. which your YouTube channel is is White Bone Creations, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. your Instagram account is also White Bone Creations. White Bone Creations. Mm-hmm. So, Jason Price, friendly, friendly fella, yeah, wanted me to share this right now because okay. he just texted it to me and cool. he said, "Make sure you guys check out Ryan Olson official on Instagram." So. And which is totally, absolutely, 100 million percent not you. And I responded to him. I told him that he was a fucker. <laughs> That's <laughs> not to be confused with oh, that. Oh, look at me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Is that a thing? I think that's a that's actually like probably some real person that oh, actually is oh, no. some sort of Instagram business. So for those so, who are not watching, it is a 
don't don't go there and click unless you're yeah just don't go model. to the page unless, unless don't even look it up <laughs> yeah what the fuck oh, dude wow yeah thanks jason we we appreciate you hey make sure you tell him tell him on air i'm a huge fan of what he is doing the way he is producing those films what he's accomplishing what he's yeah. doing for hunting um did you see the youth slam that they put together for was it recent it's a video it's a trailer that they put out on their Instagram page and it's all about the youth slam for Grand Slam Club Ovis. And I have not seen it. So yet. it's a predator slam and I okay. want and I'm probably going to get shot, but it, I want to say it's called like the Predator 3. Okay. Something like that. It's a youth slam for predators. I want to watch it. Um, yeah. I love the idea. Or maybe it's not for predators. It's just encompassed a youth slam. It's a horned animal. Okay. An antlered animal. Okay. And a predator. Okay, cool. It's pretty neat. It's That's a pretty a neat idea. little, you know, new way to add a new slam yeah. into the mix. I think it's huge. You know, you and I are both cut. Well, I think most hunters were cut from the same cloth as far as understanding how important it is to have the youth involved in this sport. Yes. Us sitting in California, there's no lack of interest. Yeah. None whatsoever. That barrier to entry, where to go, mm -hmm. what to do, what's legal. And then there's the component of how will I be perceived by um, everybody else, like by everybody else, for sure. For yeah. me, for me, growing up, and I said it a thousand times, growing up in North Bay, Marin County, yeah, the family was very discreet about our outdoor activities when it came to hunting and shooting firearms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how the perception of your peers when you're a kid? Is yeah. Super, super important to you. My daughter shot her first deer this year with me in Wyoming, and I thought for sure her reservation early on, two sixteen, mm -hmm. was uh, pushback from her peers, and uh, she harvested her deer. We filmed the hunt, and I said, "Hey, are you, are you okay with that?" And she goes, "Dad, I get so much more praise than I ever do hate," and so. She's gin clear with life and death, mm -hmm. right? She understands the whole process. It's not gray to her. Um, she just needed to do it in her own time. She's yeah. raised on it. She's never... She doesn't know any difference. She doesn't really. know any difference culturally, right? There's there's very rarely a day where there's not a deadhead on the table in the courtyard. We're skinning for a euro. It's just very much part of it. Yeah. Um, but to that point... And, and again, like you have been involved in the youth programs for years and years and years, and I'm starting to get more clarity toward we can't just we can't just get kids involved, can't just be the kid, right? We're missing that gap generation. We're missing that 21 to 25 year old dad because as much interest as we show that kid, he can't duplicate it on his own. Mm -hmm. And this isn't so much my language, but all the people that are well, very involved, like they need a parent to be able to take them into the field, especially if they're, you know, 12 to 16. Right. Yeah, and they need to be able to do it. And then, so um, you've been to the Compton Hunting Fishing Club for that advanced hunter head stuff. I didn't, I didn't get to go oh, there didn't yet. Get to We're go. working on that, yeah. Well, it's, it, the date's on the calendar now. Yeah. Um, but they do, for four years now, we've done um, an annual youth hunt on the Tejon for pheasants. And I think we've done a really good job of taking that hunt further than most youth hunts. Meaning, the kids, the weekend before, go and they shoot with the shooting instructor. Some of these kids have never held a gun. Mm -hmm. They've passed their hunter safety, obviously. During the day of the shoot, they have to qualify, meaning load, unload, safe, off safe, and discharge. Mm -hmm. They don't have to break a target, but we shoot clay targets as a group. 
we intentionally put the kids together in a group and it, it creates this kind of natural pressure amongst the kids where it's, you know, it's going to be that hunt situation. Once they qualified, we go into the field, they hunt over dogs, handlers, safety speech number two. Then they come back, we do a very formal training on the cleaning. So we do heart, liver, lungs, we do lobes of the breast, we do crop, gizzard, we actually cut the gizzard, sane the gizzard, show the, how they gravel, they get a very in-depth piece. And then as a mandatory part, they cook and eat those birds. Really? Now we do burgers and dogs with it, but we actually cut the lobes off the breast, we cut them in strips, we use Crisco and shake and bake, and they fry and they, you know, the key to kids, right? Mm -hmm. Make it salty. <laughs> and and cook it hot and eat it hot, right? So yeah. they all eat a bunch of birds, and it's a great experience. And they love it. They love it. It's great. We do interviews with the kids. Those films are all available. But what I'm finding is that day is worth about $700 a kid. Let's just be real honest. Mm -hmm. That kid can't duplicate that hunt. So I'm working really hard, and I would love to partner with somebody. Maybe we get you guys involved in it. But I would love to create like a bingo card mm -hmm. right and we join a membership or take take a piece of public land say 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 the tahone ranch or say we do the eastern sierras or wherever right and you pair them up with guides so their mentor the the person that's going to be able to take them back in the field and the young hunter and we take this bingo card and we all go four different ways right and on this bingo card it says oak tree it says deer track it says deer scat it says a rabbit whatever right and Big instead rabbit. of having a okay we're going out to harvest a pheasant or we're going out to harvest a deer all we're going to do is go make the best of our environment mm -hmm. so they're going to learn uh, etiquette anywhere how do we leave a gate the same way we found it how fast do we travel on a dirt road um, uh, being respectful oh somebody's in that valley we're just going to stay out of that valley right now right they're obviously in there and they're hunting let's give them a little space that'll be open tomorrow whatever oh that's that's a rabbit track can you tell me from that track which way that animal is going all that stuff and so you make the day more engaging and then they can take all those things that they learned and they can bring it back and they can duplicate it in the schoolyard, in the baseball diamond, in the whatever, right? Oh, there's a bird track right there. He was going that way. Mm -hmm. I learned it on the youth deal or whatever. Yeah. And if that spurs enough interest, then they can go. Uh, I want to do one on the ranch where we're doing, like, so let's just say, say we're in season, right? There's quail in season, there's cottontails in season, there's gray squirrels in season. You know, we could shoot whatever right so we go up we're, we're filling out our bingo card who can, who's got the most checks right we saw the oak tree it's an acorn what all that stuff and then hey oh covey of quail just ran in front of the truck right so we get out we load a few shells of shotgun we harvest a bird anyway everybody brings all that stuff back and then we just do a big camp cook and eat right mm -hmm. so we kind of make the day of hunting kind of like how you and i grew up we wanted to be out there yeah and maybe the agenda was chasing deer but we never saw a deer but we killed a couple cocktails or a valley quail or a mountain, what whatever um but making it more what's in front of you versus just that one species well and it's also almost i don't want to say it's forcing them to pay attention Mm -hmm. and learn more but I mean it's it's you're going to a curriculum you're going to a school you're learning a, yes you're learning so much more than just walking through a field and finding some pheasant to shoot completely and, and what does a deer bed look and like and there's so much more opportunity um, 
you did a uh, podcast with Russell last week, Cammy's yeah. Cammy's dad, or two weeks ago, whatever it was. And um, we were on a hunt in West Texas where she was hunting her desert ram, and we had, you know, how sheep hunt goes, right? You got five days of glass and then about three minutes of trigger time, yeah. right? It's just Seriously. it's just how it goes. And Russell did a good job of getting those girls involved. We took a Spanish dagger mm -hmm. and we broke the tip off and we stripped them and we used a needle and thread. He, you know, we all learned how to do that. Cammy showed up all the holes in my merino wool. Um, we had just done so many cool little projects and those kids were so involved in that. It made the hunt very rewarding. In her, on her doll sheep hunt, she had big pieces of slate. Big pieces of slate looked like ultimately look like a sheet of paper and she was able to scratch and kind of articulate her doll sheep in the slate and it was just how she engaged and how they got a part of it and I just think that part as a kid we have to remember mm -hmm. it's really cool for a young person to go harvest a deer but it's very hard for a, a first generation anything to get their head around harvesting a deer absolutely you know what I mean as to where it's just as rewarding to find a track or roast a bunch of acorns or eat a prickly pear or you know all that cool stuff like you guys had at the show right you had um you had cactus toothpicks oh yeah wicked cool all right? the barrel cactus toothpicks it's wicked cool yeah. if you told a bunch of kids that hey you can make toothpicks out of these right pick them off there and let them dry fantastic right mm -hmm. it's, it's all that stuff i just where I'm headed with the youth idea these days is we need to not overdo it because we have the dollars. We need to give them an experience that they can duplicate, something that can keep them going. And if well, when they learn how to look at scat and tracks and beds and all these different parts of nature, their appreciation the next time they go into nature and they find a deer track or a bird track or a dog mm -hmm. track or you know a fresh pile of poop. Right. right that's going to be so huge for that kid because they know it right right completely they understand it they know it and it's i get made fun of in my films because i over b-roll because i'm so fascinated by a bumblebee in a flower on a cactus or a tarantula i don't know it's just me right i yeah. love that side but i'm actually working right now i don't know if you saw them in the garage but i'm epoxying elk turds sheep turds tall sheep desert bighorns i have I'm working on a whole series of turds to have at the event so I can show a kid, hey, that's what an elk turd looks like if he's on grass. Mm -hmm. This is what an elk turd looks like if he's browsing, mm -hmm. right? There's the diameter difference that between a deer. Can you tell me the difference between a deer turd and a sheep turd? Everybody's like, why do you want to know? I don't know. I think it's cool to know. Yeah. The sheep turd has a little pinch and the deer turd doesn't. I had to ask. I didn't know. Yeah. Pig crap. All this stuff. I, I just think it's... It's fantastic. That's why I think the shed hunting is so critical these days and why it's so popular mm -hmm. is because it's something everybody can do. And gets you outside. It gets you outside and instantly it will make you a better hunter. If you're finding sheds, if you're in an area where they're wintering, you already know so much of the puzzle, mm -hmm. right? You saw where they were in the fall. You learned where they were in the winter. You understand that they're following feed. They all live on the same elevation depending on weather. Mm -hmm. I love the math. The The thing I love so much about hunting and fishing is that there's a, is a never ending puzzle of learning. And the, the thing, I may have said this on the last podcast, the thing that separates a good hunter from a bad hunter is the guy that realizes what's going on. 
say I'm fishing down the bank and I throw a jig up underneath the log. I get bit. Oh, it's hit the hook. And the guy that that's not a good fisherman is like, I can't believe that fish ate right in the shade of that log. That's so crazy. And he just keeps fishing. The guy that's a good fisherman goes, oh man, they're sitting on shade on stumps in about four feet of water. And he runs all over the lake and finds stumps in four feet of water and catches half a dozen fish in yeah. a day or whatever. Just like, you know, you guys guiding a sheep hunter, right? And oh man, it seems like everything's everything's in all these rams are living in the red rock there's something in that red rock that they're on and i'm only using this because we had a situation where why are all there's these, a mineral lick in there or what something? is going on and exactly it's the mineral that piece of feed that rock is cooler than the rat whatever it is mm -hmm. the guy that's like oh i can't believe we saw two sheep on red rocks and never puts two and two together mm -hmm. um i just think that's the big difference and if we can help train that and teach that we're doing ourselves a, a, a benefit for our youth. Right. Mind and for the future of the sport. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So you mentioned going on your daughter's first deer hunt this mm -hmm. year. What has it been like being a girl dad and then getting her into hunting? Uh, it, it's awesome. Um, you know, I, it, I think it's awesome, but for me it doesn't seem, you know, I, I hear the, the girl dad comment and I didn't know it was a thing actually, I should have my buddy Mike tell me no, that's an actual like hashtag I didn't know it was a thing until I talked to Cunningham yeah I didn't either yeah. and then I saw something on Kobe and it was a hashtag that was because uh, anyway I didn't know it was a thing but for sure for me it's never seemed much different that um, that she's a girl and he's a boy mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's been pretty natural it's just how do you find those ways to engage with your kids I only know hunting and fishing, yeah. right? So since they were, we talked earlier, since they were little kids, if my wife's out of town and the kids are with dad, you can guarantee we're out of town. They're gonna either live in the back of the truck or they're gonna live on the boat. <laughs> and it's been our connection, yeah. you know? Um, and so that's why I love so much places like the Tejon Ranch or any of these other places that we can go without asking, just fire up and go. Um, because it gives us a minute to disconnect to see nature. Um, both my kids love to fish, but Lindsay's a fishing fool, man. Mm -hmm. And all of it, right? We're just we're just out doing it. It's it's that one place where you don't have to make up things to do. It's all happening around you. Yeah. Um, so I love it. I love the fact that she wanted to do it this year. She was super nervous. So it was her and my mom. So my mother and my daughter were together, and it was just a fantastic. Really, like sister. So your mom's a hunter as well. My mom is a hunter. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about the Wyoming hunt. So um, so I lease a place in Wyoming, uh, and we show up early in the season. So it's like a fifteen day season, October first to the fifteenth. We hunt deer and antelope and elk there if we can draw an elk license, and we have we normally see four or five mule deer bucks in October so it's a tough hunt but we're typically finding mature deer good deer and then we go back in November to hunt whitetail and that's during the mule deer well both mule deer and whitetail rut but we'll see a hundred bucks wow oh in the, in the such it's a just, night and day it's amazing when yeah the rut hits. so it's a little bit migratory but this ranch that we lease is like 32,000 acres I've got like six miles of Badlands, six miles of Cottonwood Bottoms, six miles of Pine Ridge. It's the perfect package. So everything filters out, gets in the Cottonwoods, and then... So the, the whitetail hunt on there is fairly comfortable in the world of whitetail hunt. So I always invite my mom 
and this year my daughter come up and hunt because it's a very comfortable situation. I'm going to set up a blind. I know where these deer, you know, kind of operate in. You got it done. I got it dialed, and um, so I got there ahead of time this year, got in there, harvested a buck and two does, way off of where we were hunting, and they flew in, I was all tagged out, and I think I rattled the system a little bit. I actually don't think I should have shot those deer before they got there, because um, although I was miles and miles away, I think it changed the dynamic. Um, so my daughter was super nervous, my mom was super nervous, and I don't know why, I think because uh, my daughter just it was her first time and she, her genuine concern was I don't want to screw up, I don't want to wound an animal, I don't want this to happen. But she was practiced with a rifle, she was comfortable, and I told her, which I think should be advice to everybody, and I think most parents do it, but if we don't harvest an animal, so be it. If we are unsuccessful, no worries. And if you're in a situation where it just doesn't feel comfortable, feel right, then we're just not pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. the, the money has nothing to do with any of this. So that first morning we got up, um, I had the blinds all set up. We got her in there and we had a deer kind of pass through us and she just couldn't get settled. She couldn't get that deer in the scope uh -huh. and uh, she let it walk. And her first question to me was, how did I do? And I said, you did amazing. So let's go get out of this blind and go hunt that deer. So that deer kind of walked in, looked at us at 60 yards. And to see the film, you're just going to be like, oh, man, shoot that deer. <laughs> shoot him, yeah. shoot him. And he just walked off. Uh, so we got out of there. And then uh, I walked her off a big ridge down into this cottonwood bottom, wind in our face. And it's my favorite way to hunt by far. I'll mm -hmm. take it over anything I've ever done anywhere in the world. Still hunting. Still hunting through the cottonwoods. my favorite oh. thing to do. Still hunting is hands down my favorite way to hunt anything. Uh, oh, it's it's just in your in in where we're at here. It's just a sea of gray trees. The wind's right, so you just walk a few feet, glass. Walk a few feet, glass. And you're thinking, what am I looking for? And then all of a sudden, there they are. And you're like, wait, how did I miss that? Yeah. And so we got in there, and her the buck that she shot uh, was sound asleep at 60 yards with does feeding all around him. We had just seen this buck uh, three or four hours earlier. Mm -hmm. So we slipped in there and I was able to get her standing up. A big old cottonwood is her rest. It took us 10 minutes to find him because, you know, they just laid in there. It's hard to see. Yeah. So I said, do you feel comfortable snaking it in there? Because he was sleeping. And she's like, I can't. There's a big old, her exact words, there's a big old limb in front of his vitals. And I'm like, okay. So I said, just stay on him. And I'm going to say, hey, buck, hey, buck, hey, buck. He'll stand up and then you put it on his shoulder. Mm. A fantastic lesson here I want to tell you too that of all the years literally I've been guiding since 93 right yeah. and not like oh seasons worth hundreds of people but I have worked for an outfitter in Wyoming uh, I guide for the ranch but very little I just once you guide you're always guiding mm -hmm. if you know what I mean right yeah I know what you mean so I just told her I want you to put it right on his shoulder and shoot him right just pull off on his shoulder and shoot him she's at nine power at 60 yards she's got him dead in the rights camera's running hey buck hey buck hey buck that deer stands up looks our way boom flop deer's down awesome so we get over there there's still a little fight left in the deer so I said, hey, let's turn off the camera. Are you okay with this? Yeah, and I, we go over and I, I give him a little finish up, if you will, uh, with a knife. And I said, that's a good shot, honey. You hit him right on the top of the shoulder. And she said, that's where you told me to shoot him. And I said, no, right in the shoulder. And she's like, dad, 
and she was motioning to a human shoulder, which is right at the top of our torso, right? Mm -hmm. When I say shoot him in the shoulder, you're thinking right center mass and the blade. Yeah. I, I screwed up. I should have said shoot him right in the center of his arm, right? Yeah. Because that didn't relate to her at that point. Anyway, she made it. She made a great shot. I'd much rather have one on. But teachable ground. moment for you. Huge for me. Yeah. And I went, no kidding. I'm always learning. I'm like, dang it, I actually messed this up. And you've been up. guiding since '93, and that's yeah. yeah. And I yeah. and she run a and rag. I get it. She run a rag hole right exactly where she was supposed to. Um, and I was like, hmm. So to that point, I. Uh, if I ever discussed again with a youth, which I'm sure will happen, I'll actually draw and identify this as the shoulder, which mm -hmm. is this big old blade, and right here is where I want you to put it, right? Yeah. And uh, so it worked out perfect, and I would much rather have an animal on the ground to have to sort out than one carrying a leg through the trees. Um, so she was great. She got over the deer, and I said, hey, I'm gonna leave you right here. My mom uh, was about 200 yards in the trees, and I said, I'm just gonna leave you with the deer then I'm gonna go get my mom my mom just she's got two new knees this year she just doesn't get around well real good but I wanted us all be there for her first deer so I went and got her yeah and she actually filmed herself like having a minute with the deer it was pretty cool no way and um, I uh, we could go for hours and hours but I tell people if the feeling you're having is remorse this is my two cents me speaking mm -hmm. if you're feeling remorse I don't think you're crystal clear on what you're doing. Yeah. It's okay to uh, experience the life and have a feeling there, but if you're sad about what you did, then you might need to check yourself. I, I don't feel remorse. Mm -hmm. I feel joy. I feel that sense of accomplishment. Blessed. I feel very, very blessed for the opportunity. I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish. This is a fight that happens through our whole conversation of hunting is why you know why did you high five why did you get excited when you killed that animal the, the, the killing wasn't the component it was the climax of that chase and that is just a part of the whole process it's just another we, we just turn 90 degrees once it's dead mm -hmm. I get just as much work on the other end but it's there's huge reward there and I think if people have never gone through the experience of what it takes to get to that point, what you've accomplished, then you're then you'll never understand that component. Yeah. And she was for me the, the the best part of the whole hunt. She was so proud of herself. She was so like, yes, I did this. I, you know, it's a funny way to say it, but I just became a big girl. I became somebody that can, can do this. Mm -hmm. We processed that deer on the ground. We ate that deer that. That afternoon, well, within a, within an hour, I guess we did the old steak mills there, yeah. and um, it was awesome. It was awesome. We hunted around a little bit. My mom uh, didn't get a shot that year, so it's excuse to bring her back next year. Do you feel like it brought a new level of maturity instantly. to her? Instantly, yeah. You know how you talked about Russell with uh, his daughter. She's um, she's ten now. Cammy's ten, and. Um, and I think that's the piece that he hammers home so much is it, it is a pivotal point in life where um, you change, mm -hmm. right? You change. And, and yes, you can, you can do it too early or you can send an easy message, but she worked hard for this and I've seen a huge change in her from it. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in all the stuff that's wicked hard, right? So we went from there. 
12 hours to Colorado, and then we took a 25-hour ride home in some of the scariest road conditions and and all that goes with it. This, all, You know how that is. All that stuff is hard. There's a lot of storms going on right then. Yeah, and it was hard, and we had to hold up a few times, and it, it's all part of that dramatic hunt that makes makes it all the worthwhile. Story. The trigger time is just a second, just one yeah. little second of accomplishment. Of the there. entire experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's freezing her tail off. You right. know, we were sub temperatures a couple hours each day. You know? That's cold hunting, man. Whitetail, <laughs> dude. I couldn't imagine it's, sitting in the stand or in oh, a blind for... I'm not good at it. But we, and, and again, I refuse to be cold. I'm not, I just can't handle it, man. Worked in Wyoming for too many years, freezing lungs and stuff. So, But we ran dual heaters in the blind. We um, we had it really comfortable. That's the key with kids. Get it comfortable. Yeah. Don't make it easy. But don't have them to where they wind They're up miserable hating it. and they never want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you eat what you want to eat on a hunt. You, you look, snacks, good food, all yeah. the stuff. And if you need to take a nap in the middle of the day, that's, you're right there by the pickup. Seriously. Turn it on. Turn the heater on. Find a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay against the tree. So, but anyway, that uh, that was uh, one of the more rewarding hunts of the year. Mm-hmm. And I got to see just so many cool hunts. We did Argentina this year. We did Cammy's Desert Sheep Hunt. I was a part of the uh, the auction tag with Jim Breck on Elephant Mountain. Mm-hmm. Just getting to meet fantastic people that are cut from the same cloth. And How was that auction tag? It was good. It was good. That's a completely different dynamic. Yeah. Completely different dynamic. So those sheep there are on... A one mountain range where they probably do better than anywhere in West Texas. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I hope I'm not saying it out of turn, but I think it's public land, but managed and owned by the state. So I think, I think Elephant Mountain was owned by a private individual, and I think they donated to the state, but you just couldn't, not like public land here where you just drive up there and frolic on it, right? <laughs> you can't, you can't. Right. Um, but those rams just do so good there. So it's kind of been the, the poster child for moving rams. The rams do good. They pick them up. They put them on the Diablos. They put them on the Van Horns. They mm-hmm. put them black gap. Um, but that tag went for, I think it was 155000 which is the most dollars ever brought to West Texas for sheep. Really? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, it was huge. Um, all the area biologists were there. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Jim Breck was there guiding it from High West Outfitters. And so there's just a lot of eyes, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, there was one particular sheep we were looking for. We went in, we had him pegged. The guy made a great shot. It was all kind of that first day hunt. It was like, really? oh, a little bit bittersweet. Yeah. Isn't but, that funny how that works? Oh, it's, I hear it in all the podcasts, especially yours too, that it's kind of like, uh. But in the same breath, uh, so Jim that had this tag, his buddy Bobby was there. And as soon as we were done on that hunt, we were going on the Van Horns and we were gonna go shoot, or we were gonna go hunt his ram. So we hunted for six full days over there, mm-hmm. busted our tail, broke rangers, hot, cold, everything, <laughs> and we didn't harvest ram. Really? Yeah, so Jim's exact words were, I mean, killed 180-inch ram, mm-hmm. right? And his exact words were, thank goodness for Bobby's hunt, it turned it into a real hunt. Turned it into a real hunt. Yeah, and it wasn't that it wasn't, it was just this particular ram, they had hunted him for years yeah. and not been able to catch up with him. So the fact that we did, you just can't not take an opportunity just because you don't want it to be done on first day. Well, what's so funny, you know, and I'll just throw this into this hunting season this past year is going on multiple sheep hunts where we were successful in the first 48 hours. Yeah. 
and then going on another couple hunts, 10 day hunt, you know what I mean? Before mm-hmm. success or a six, seven day hunt oh, before yeah. success. And it's just so, cause everybody in camp, you know, and I'm green when it comes to sheep. Same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Really learning. Mm-hmm. I'm super fortunate. I have a load of great people that I get yes. to learn from. Um, but being out there and then them all being like, well, it's a real sheep hunt. Right, right, You know, because, right. like, yeah, there's always, you know, like, I slept on a ram this year and, and, and watched it for four or five days, you know, before, epic, you know, anyone showed up and the mm-hmm. hunter was in camp or anything like yeah. that. So, like, I fully understand that. Right. And then, you know, everything's yeah, and quick I'm all, and easy. And I'm all for that component. Yeah. You know, a lot of people get really wound up about... Uh, well, you just paid a guide to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, what difference does it make? Every you, 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 they hunted their tails off for it. Whether it was the guy that pulled the trigger or the other guy, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You hunted hard as anything for it. If you, look, it, it, there's that jealousy thing. If you if you are upset with somebody because they came into camp and harvested a ram on the first day, then you're just ignorant. Yeah. You're ignorant to what those dollars did. You're ignorant to what it took to get there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean you any disrespect. I'm just saying, don't judge. You're just a little upset that it went that route. But yeah, well, some people's hunts go. You know, I mean, for me, my California archery deer tag this year for myself was an 11 day hunt. Oh yeah. I mean, and that was the maximum amount of time that I had for that hunt, mm-hmm. and I killed it on day 11. You know, at like 10 in the morning yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And that's like, dude, that's. That awesome. sucks. I mean, it's it sucks, aw- but it's, it's awesome. awesome, but it sucks, you know, and yeah. that's, but, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, fox hunting this morning. Yeah, yeah. That's hunting, man. It's just how it goes, man. That's just hunting. And thank goodness, um, and thank goodness for the days where you get knocked down or you get your butt handed to you and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just fantastic. You're going to reap that benefit on the other end of something at some point. It just comes around. That's how, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um well, and everyone has an up day and a, and a down day. Yeah, yeah. And you know? thank goodness for the down day. We all have huge heads and right. You know, you've got to stay right size. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we all make mistakes. I know mm-hmm. I made plenty of mistakes this I'm year. I'm still doing them, but me, yeah. I'm still doing them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's but that's the wonderful part about the outdoors mm-hmm. and nature is that nature will always fuck us around. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no. Yes. There's no limit to what nature will do. No. When nature decides that something needs to be done a certain way, it's going yeah. to be done that way. And there's to... absolutely no other way to go around. Yeah. It. We're about to sort it out right now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. It's, yeah, man. Heck yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, you know, kind of in a nutshell that it was just a very, very rewarding year all the way around uh, I spent more time in the field than I ever have before mm-hmm. how many uh, days is that crowding 100 uh-huh. um, I don't have exact math on it but I count those days where I'm just hiking mm-hmm. or you know they're actually not, they're not the off field. yeah actually in the for field sure. if I you know and I am the guy who will absolutely drive four hours for an hour walk no problem if you said, hey, you got an hour, but it's, you know, to walk today, that's it. It's going to be a four-hour drive. I'm like, we better get to driving. Yeah. Right? Better that's get just, there now. I'm, I'm all about it. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't ever weigh the cost of, oh, well, you can only be there for so, okay. Or I could just not. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what you're telling me? I could choose not to do this and be lazy versus going. 
that. I think I'll go. You'd rather be there. Yeah. Right? So, a hundred days in the field, something that you've told me in the past is that, like, you and your wife kind of have an understanding about it. Yeah. And it works. Yes. So, what's that understanding? How does that work? She, it makes me whole, mm -hmm. right? And I'm, uh, I don't ever think that I'm, uh, this is me thinking, but I don't think I'm that guy that's intoler intolerable to be around, mm -hmm. but it's my, it's my one thing, right? So I don't drink, I don't watch sports, I don't know anything of what's going on in politics, I haven't turned on the news ever in my life, right? It's my thing, it's mm -hmm. what heals me, no different than a guy needs whatever he needs, right? It, it's me, and so she through 20 some years of marriage she's realized that this is what writes the ship this is what makes me palatable this is what yeah. it is and we jockey time right she um she's you know my marital advice we were talking earlier is mm -hmm. if she wants to do anything the answer is yes if she wants to buy something the answer is yes Never would she ask me to do something that would compromise us financially or, you know, in our marriage. Don't even hesitate with your wife or your loved one. Tell them yes. Go do it. Do it right now while you're physically able, while you're above ground. She knows how passionate I am about this. And sometimes I hate the word passionate, but she knows how much I enjoy it. She knows how much I need it. Whether I can explain that or articulate that, it does not matter that's what I need to operate and so she just lets me go. I'm better when I come home. Um, our time apart helps us a bunch mm -hmm. and she, that's the one right there. I know. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Honey, this is Andy Mokel. Hey. This is Sunshine Olson. Hi. Andy Mokel, nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Mrs. Whitebone. Mrs. Whitebone. Oh, you oh, you're good? You're not, you're good. We're talking about you right now, actually. We actually were just talking about uh, our marriage. Can you speak into the mic? Honey, why do you why do you let me go hunting? Yeah. Hmm. Can you answer that on the spot? Sure. Yeah. Because it makes you happy. Yeah, and it makes me <laughs> it makes me <laughs> tolerable to be around. It makes him more tolerable. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you're happy, I'm happy. We were talking about in the early years of marriage, when the kids were young, about how uh, it was hard for you to. It, it seemed like uh, you, it seemed like to you that I would rather be hunting than be home with the family. And I, I tell people all the time that it took years for us to kind of get to the point where you understood that it wasn't just a hobby. It wasn't just a, it, there was more to it and, it. and it made me probably a better father to kind of go get it out of my system for a minute. Sometimes, yeah. I think it's more of an obsession. It became well, obvious that it was an obsession. It was an addiction. That's, that's probably a better word. <laughs> we really are good at sugarcoating. That's probably a better word. Yeah. You I, can try and call it what you want. I was, I was word. I have the same obsession. Just yeah, yeah. we're yeah. cut from the same. Uh, yeah, we were yeah. wordsmithing. Yeah. I mean, it has made you a better person, and it is better when you get to go out in the mountain or do whatever you need to do. But doesn't mean it was always the best choice. <laughs> no, oh yeah, yeah. So we, we you know. Well, and that's the learning curve, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like last year you did a lot of trips. And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine, it'll be good. And at the end of the year I was like, mm, no, you can't do that amount again next year. Or that many days away from home. Yeah. And the kids are older now. Mm -hmm. But there's still a need for him to be home. So Absolutely. And when I said that to him, he was like, no problem. So before he scheduled everything this year, we sat down and talked about what was reasonable, what would work, and 
came up with a solution that worked for you guys. Yeah. We had to. We yeah. had to. There the has dates to be. he gave me may be the actual dates that he goes, but we'll see. <laughs> I'll, I'll follow up with you. Yeah. There has to there has to be that compromise, um, and I think that's what's made us successful through the years is is the compromise. All right, and so that's why my answer to everything is yes, do it. You're yes, go go go. Because uh, that's how she does it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did. We put together a calendar and we just dialed it to where I can say I'm booked. I can't help. I don't want to say first come, first serve because I'm mostly filming for friends. Yeah. Right. Um, and you don't want to turn anybody away, but family comes first. There's no way around it. Yeah. Um, and this hunting thing is a big part of our family. So we have to find a way to work it in. Right. Right. And uh, I think we've done that. And I think, do we, I said plus 20, but 23? This year, we're twenty-three. Hunter's uh, gonna be twenty-one, so 22. yeah, twenty-three. Twenty-three this year. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. I think my parents are just coming up on forty, and my grandparents on both sides were over fifty when they, yeah, when my grandfathers died. Are uh, our parents the same? Our grandparents just celebrated what? Sixty-five. Yeah. That's sixty-five insane. years of marriage. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've never been married, so the concept to me is so. Do it. Difficult. I'm gonna be the one guy to tell you do it. Even, even now, sometimes it's like I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with one person, not just him. He's a great Mm -hmm. guy, and I'm going to. But when you think about spending just all of that time with one person, but I think that's why we work so well together is because we spend our time together. He does his thing, I do my thing, and then we come back and we do our things together and as a family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've got friends that I've got friends who. Do you ever leave your husband's side? I couldn't imagine not always spending every single second with him, though, either. You know what I mean? So, yeah. what he does works for us. You probably want to poke him to death yeah. at that point. Yeah. With yeah. a knife. Maybe. For sure. Uh-huh. Punch him in the throat. Oh, yeah. throat punching. <laughs> there we go. That's her. Are we holding you up from the restroom? No. Oh, really? Yeah. I always think, normally it's a normal. We all get home, we race to the restroom. Like, I, I got to go. That was the first thing I asked you when I got here was where's the bathroom? Can I go? Can yeah. I go? Yeah. Are you ready to see that monstrosity in your backyard? I don't think I am. We had to move it back because the doors were going to hit the awning. So you couldn't take the little pieces off? They wouldn't have fit with them on. Oh, we got to so take them off now. Them. Yeah. But Is it bigger than you thought, too? No. It's just tall because it's sitting on the thing. Sorry. Like five feet no, you're good. Fence line? We'll get into We'll talk about that next. Yeah. Isn't it way above the fence line? Oh, it's, yes. Is that going to be a problem? No. We're good. For the neighbors? Just, just don't look at it. No, that's why we put it where we did. Is that how we do it now? Just don't look at it. Don't look at it. Just just put your head in the sand. Ostrich it. Ostrich. <laughs> Ostrich. Right? What are you building back there? So we are doing a little remodel at the house. Yeah. My um <laughs> We have a little tiny place here in Huntington Beach. Yeah. Glimba. Hey. What's there's the deer. There's the deer kit. You want to talk about an interrupted podcast? Yeah. It's a good no, way. No, it's good. Linz, we just spent like 20 minutes talking about you and your deer hunt this year. Gross. Lindsay, She's this is all, Andy. I don't want to talk about it. Andy, this is Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Nice to meet you. You too. Where's Beans? He's at uh, Splash. So, um, we're in this little tiny house here, and Lindsay. We're in this little tiny house, and I've always wanted to give, uh, let her have a much bigger 
bathroom and closet. Mm-hmm. So we have four bedrooms, Hunter in one, Lindsay in another, Sunshine and I in the back bedroom, and then we have a trophy room, mm-hmm. like a little office. But it's it's gotten so crowded now, it's a bit dangerous. So we're going to put a little shed in the backyard, yeah. and it's going to be the trophy room, if you will. We'll move uh, the Whitebone Creations production studio back there, yeah. which is an iMac. Um, and then... I don't know. It's, it's exciting. So we're just getting it put in today. You're here on install day. Yeah. And it's kind of bigger than a trophy room. It's more of a trophy house. We just hope the local city inspector isn't listening to this because he's going to come down and make us, yeah. take, make us take it out. Yeah. Uh, so that is the family life. There's one more in the family. You haven't seen him yet, but he's, yeah. he's working hard. He's, uh, I don't know what time he's actually going to be home. But, yeah, 45 with a 21-year-old and a 16-year-old. Life is good, man. I, Full I, have bore. Zero, I have zero complaints in the decisions I've made. Yeah. I'm sure I could be wealthier, um, yeah. but I wouldn't trade it for, always time I wouldn't trade grow, for any of those experiences. I swear I've always heard that in our 30s we like acquire some money and a lot of debt. Mm. In our 40s we kind of pay through our debt. And in our 50s, we really start, that's when people start to get their wealth. You start turning it around. Yeah, you start turning it around. We'll come on 50. I know, right? Bring, yes. it, bring it in. Bring it in the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. this year, I'm going to try and do a little bit better job of, you know, maybe monetizing the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people like yourself have kind of enlightened me to what I'm not doing, you yeah. know? Um, there's a lot of opportunity there for you too. There is, and I just uh, there's certain places where I would see um, a sponsorship that maybe seemed, for lack of a better term, seemed hokey or seemed, I don't know, it, disin- product disin- placement dis- that is not genuine dis- or authentic whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it was something I believe in, something that I'm Blah. currently running with now, I would be in with both feet. Yeah, but I would not. Turncoat for the next dollar. I just, I just, it's not happening. Well, it's loyalty. Yeah, and that's what you know. The loyalty and discipline, respect, respect for yourself, all of it. This is why the logo is just kind of a little off topic, but this the logo is a handshake. Yeah, and when I first come up with the logo, everybody's like, "Well, why don't you do like guns and arrows and all this stuff?" I'm like, "I'm not doing any of that, right?" Yeah. That's and not so, really what you're looking for. No, the handshake represents what. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the handshake represents a man's word. It's how we congratulate one another. It's how we encourage one another. It's how we greet one another. Yeah. It's to me, it's honorable. I know it looks like an old union poster, but I love it. Yeah, right. Well, it's um, like anytime I meet anybody, a handshake and look in the eye and say, yeah. you know, this is my name. It's a lot to that, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, that's that's extremely important to me. That whole piece is and. So we're about to make leftovers. Leftovers are delicious. Yeah. Especially Cheesecake Factory leftovers. <laughs> yeah, cheesecake and pasta. Right? Dad ate all my fried cheese. I would say two pieces at best. I went but. to Sizzler last night and had all you could eat macaroni and cheese. Oh. Wow. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Can we Dude, do it's, that? it's <laughs> she's ready to go. Yeah. Let's go. I'll go right. with you next time. Just call me. Alright. Mm-hmm. But uh you don't even have to go. Just call me. <laughs> this is where we're going. Yeah. The uh, 
so yeah, mo- monetizing and really trying to get down to it, and you know what you were talking about mm-hmm. is you have brands that you believe in, you have products that you believe in, yeah, you know, and and you feel for yourself and the respect you have for yourself, mm-hmm. you're not up for sale for the highest no. bidder. No, you kind of just have your your brands that you're loyal to, and those are the ones you want to work with, whether you're going to work with them or not. Right, that's 100%. what you're going to support. Yes, at the end of the day. And I appreciate that, and that's for me a lot of the way that I am. Right. You know, and that's. I feel like in in today's day and age, and social media, and everything that's going on, loyalty among brands and to products, companies, philosophies that people believe in, or right. I myself, you believe in, um, it kind of gets lost these days. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people are. They're about the highest bidder. Yeah, and it's easy, in my opinion, it's easy to see through those ones with jump ship for a dollar. And I just, I really struggle with it. Um, And it does, you know what, and it's, that's their business if that's how they make money. Yeah. I can't fault them. Just to me, it changes how I see you as a person. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm the guy that's pro social media. I think it's very important for what we do. I think there's a way for us to present ourselves, but in no way should we not exist there. If Mm -hmm. we don't, we are in deep, deep trouble. Yes. Um, I totally agree with that. And social media is an interesting topic. It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword for sure. And you can have a lot of people that Jake Franklin says this really well um, and him and I have talked about it a bunch you can have people that are on social media that have very very large followings Mm -hmm. that are not great hunters maybe not ethical outdoorsmen not this not that you know whatever but they present it really well Mm -hmm. and a lot of people respect them fans the whole deal the whole night it's alright it's not a problem good um and then you have people that are absolute legendary animal killers and hunters and with zero presence getting out there and just doing it and they've been living the life and the lifestyle of hunting and conservation and being active and playing an active role and not just standing on a soapbox for conservation they actually like have a role in participating and achieving conservation right and it's so funny to me that like those people get swept under the rug They're polarizing right right like the, and it, the difference it is it really is it mm-hmm. really is and I mean I don't I have an idea on a solution for that but you know I, I definitely think that well it's where does where where does real cred meet real popularity yeah right Lindsay will you hand me that um and it's one of those things where it's just, who knows, right? right? Who knows? Um, but in the same breath, I think we need to stay in this space, whether you're 100% old school, legit, just a or critter assassin, or brand new. Oh, let me have the quote. Today is tomorrow's yesterday. Today is tomorrow's yesterday. Thinker. Mic drop. There it is. That's good. It's good. I, in this, we need to be cognizant of what we're putting up, whether we're the real deal, whether we're this this kind of wannabe. As long as we're doing what's right for the sport. You, thanks. <laughs> Interruption monster. That's my thing. Well, at least I'm not bleeding this time. <laughs> Last time we did a podcast. Uh huh. She. 
I said, hey, you guys, we're going to be in the garage. We're going to do a podcast. Do not come in. Like, don't. Yeah. So Anthony was out there with me, and I hear this commotion here, and the front door opens and closes, and they're gone. So when the dogs started barking. Yeah, they're gone. Right? I'm like, what happened? Anyway, she you winds up. dogs, right? Yeah. Okay. She, she wound up cutting her finger, and my wife took her to the hospital. They didn't come talk to me because we were doing a podcast. I'm like, no, that's an actual legit. <laughs> I was just trying to be like, hey, don't make your food hey, in the. In my... I didn't want to bug you. <laughs> Anyway, I silently cried the we have we have since changed the program. Yeah, a very 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 low key, but yeah. To the social media piece, we just have to be aware of what we're putting up there and see how it looks. Um, everybody said this, but there's the um, there's the ten percent of the world that's pro hunting. There's the ten percent of the world that hates everything to do with hunting. There's that big eighty percent gap in the middle. That eighty percent gap is the pendulum is, swing. Is, is our always is our audience. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to post a trophy shot, which I think is paramount, I don't care what anybody says, post it. Mm-hmm. You should be smiling, and you should make that animal should be very well taken care of. We're seeing no blood, closed mouths, right? Just respectful. Make it look respectful, but yes, share it. That's my two cents. If I look at that photo through the lens of a guy who is indifferent, that has to, and it's okay, then post it. If yeah. I'm, if I have something that's just big old blood booger coming out and tongue out and all that stuff, if I don't hunt, don't post that. Take mm-hmm. five minutes, clean it up. You got time. Or have a private account. You got time. Or yeah, so you can send it to your buddies. Mm-hmm. That's different. But your audience can't be. Let me rephrase. Your audience shouldn't be just fellow hunters. Yeah. Because they're not the only ones seeing it. There's a much bigger crowd that's seeing it that doesn't hunt. Yeah. And we need to be very, very aware of that. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge part of the future demographic of hunting. Completely. Right? Yeah. Yes. Is, is that 80%. And if we were to get 5% of that 80 to come on board, it would be huge mm-hmm. for the sport. Giant. You know? Giant. Yeah, and and you know how we all get trapped into this, right? So, um, there there's certain things that identify us on our social media, right? I'll give you a rough example. So if I if I post a picture of a skull, doesn't matter what it is, I get a bunch of likes because that's what people know and that's what they, how they identify me. Mm-hmm. But I posted one yesterday of a stupid dad joke of some elk turds, right? Mm-hmm. And people don't care. They don't do it. So you get away from... It's a beautiful photo, by the way. I saw it. I loved it. <laughs> so, and it's a little stupid dad joke, but but you wind up not posting that sort of content or less of a landscape or less of whatever because you didn't get the feedback you wanted there. Yeah. So maybe pulling a page from Rogan's playbook is quit looking at the response quit looking at it post how you feel post what's beautiful to you post what's positive and leave it um early on i'm way late to the instagram thing i'm only a couple years on there and uh i was telling sunshine that if it didn't get like whatever it was however many clicks i pull it down so Mm -hmm. we had like happy anniversary you might figure me on there and they'll be like You'll be lucky if it's still there. <laughs> and there was a couple that he took down because he didn't get enough. Oh, yeah. In the early in yeah. the early deal, yeah. And then I would and look learning at, and figuring it out. Yeah, and then I'd look at the page, and if they're all beautiful, bright, well-lit photos, and there's this dark, maybe great photo, but if it's dark and it doesn't look good on the page, I'd remove it because it didn't fit the... 
the you yeah, know the landscape the aesthetic yeah um Anyway, that's that, again. That's a learned thing to where I want to be less focused on that, and it doesn't define me. I don't get well, caught up in it, but I, but I have fallen victim to that, as just like anybody else. Yeah. Well, and what's funny, even more funny today, is how much Instagram regulates mm-hmm. the visibility of hunting or guns. Yeah. You know, and they have algorithms and different things that monitor photos electronically. It's not a person monitoring a photo. It's an electronic yeah, keyword digitized. Mm-hmm. It might be a keyword. Mm-hmm. I think that you know there's facial recognition software, mm-hmm. and I think that there's stuff that can recognize an animal and can recognize blood, and can set up analysis right. of whatever's being put on it. knives, guns, whatever it is. Right. And I think that we're all as hunters being silenced by a demographic that does not agree with what we're doing, has no interest in what we're doing, and you know everybody knows this i mean coming from people on our side where you can't fight with somebody who disagrees with you no it doesn't do you any good and like no matter what they're right mm-hmm. no matter in their what, brain no yeah. matter what the fact is no matter you know statistics anything it does not matter at mm-hmm. the end of the day they're right we are wrong right if you don't agree with our di- our ideology although we preach for you know, total, um, why can't I think of the right word? Integration. It's not integration. Uh, what in the hell is the word? Uh, total acceptance of everybody oh, and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But because your ideology is different than ours, you can't. Yes. We, we don't agree with you. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. just going to hide you and silence yeah. you and make sure that no yeah. one has any idea of what you're doing. We need a bunch of really young, super techie hunters and sportsmen to get jobs at Instagram and Facebook and <laughs> YouTube YouTube. And, All and, of it. and go in there and well, weigh Google out and a Facebook bit. run the day. Right. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Well, YouTube, like I'm, I've, I've, I think I've mastered the offensive piece of my channel. Mm-hmm. So if I have a head on a table, it's not the head that's offensive. And it's not the cleaned skull that's offensive or even the skinned skull. When that knife touches flesh, I'm done. Really? That is what they don't want. And so I'm trying to look through that person's lens that that piece is so shocking that that's where they trigger it. No, can't have it. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another example. I posted a Jay Scott is doing uh, Gould's hunts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some film forms, beautiful footage, all that stuff. I posted, and in the tags, I used Gould's hunting, 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 Gould's, Gould's, right? Just all those keywords to find it. Yeah. Before I posted it, it was demonetized. So I go, I took all the tags out. Same film, nothing's changed. Take all the hunting tags out. Everything gone, went up, and it's still running. How funny. So that tag is absolutely a trigger in the algorithm. Mm-hmm. A knife cutting flesh is absolutely a trigger attached to whatever, skull cleaning or whatever. Yeah. So we have to constantly massage it. Um, anyway, and kind of get to that. We just need to find a way where, where, where we fit within the group. Yeah. Until um, something changes our way. Well, and, and a lot of people also throw out, well, we need to just make a hunting insta, uh, uh, a hunting social media network that's just for hunters where we're not regulated, which is an awesome idea. 
But the problem is, is that we're removing ourselves from the general public, yeah. of which is the people we want to bring into hunting. Yeah. yeah. So really, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot because what's the best thing when you go to a party where everybody agrees with you? Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody agrees with you. That's yeah, it. Super it's easy. Right. Done. Yeah, and then you lose track of. Yeah, what would you show me as a fellow hunter that I would be like, oh, that's awesome, too bad you can't show A new style song. to edit a video to a new song where the cut's different? <laughs> right. You know, like... Yeah. It would have, it would go nowhere and we'd, we would we would wind up in these little culty little clicks and... Well, it's it already be, culty it, it, little yeah, clicks, it needs which to is stay, disgusting. It needs to stay in that space yeah. and we need to be very mindful of what we put out. Yeah. And which I mean, and talking about the culty little clicks, I mean, I'm gonna just totally talk about Stone Glacier mm -hmm. uh, as an amazing company, an amazing group of people. I wear Kuyu, I love Kuyu. Sure. That's not gonna change. Right. That is that is me to my core. That is me to my bone. That's my deal. Right. Right. But the people from Stone Glacier invited me up to cook a flip-flop. I said, hey, I really appreciate it. I work Kuyu, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want that to be an issue. They were like, absolutely 100% not. We don't care. They don't care. What you wear as far as gear is concerned. Right. You know, we love what you're doing. We love the idea behind the flip-flop. We've right. never seen anything like that before. Right. We really want you to come up and show us and, and, yeah. and cook for us yeah. and feed everybody up here in, in Montana. And I was like, absolutely, 100%. And I showed up. They ended up having two antelope flip, uh, two antelope hindquarters, and it was an amazing experience. Yeah, their company is full of great people. Right, you know, and that's really hard I to think beat because it's genuine and authentic. Yeah, and you're all hunters, and it's based around me. You know, I don't think enough people. I don't know if you've ever said it or not too, but that that actual flip flop is a family recipe. Mm -hmm. That is something that your grandfather has done yeah. for many, many moons. Well, I, yeah, he's dead. He started doing it in sixty one. So cool. Right? Yeah. And and I know it comes with a particular marinade and, and we talked earlier, but if I was gonna like if somebody said Andy Mogul from Legion, and I go like, how do you identify him? It's a you with a big grin <laughs> and a giant fire flipping that hind quarter yeah. and I love the idea, and I've seen a few people kind of jump on and. But look, that's look. I, mean, I know you don't own it, but yeah. you know what I mean. But that, but that you identify with that, and that's something that's very, very important to you, and it's awesome. How many places you've cooked that, and that's um, you're you're identified with that, and the people that you've done that for. It's just huge. I think it's awesome. Um, well, I for love what it. it's and worth. For me, for me, at the end of the day, it's all about everybody starting to do them and mm -hmm. everybody trying their own recipes right and everybody and it i mean everybody having a good time with it because what's it what's it about it's about everybody coming together you can cook food for 20 to 40 people mm -hmm. you can feed a large group everybody can have a good time i've seen vegans and vegetarians eat meat straight off a of deer leg right because for them something primal came out and mm -hmm. they had to try it of course they couldn't not and uh you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's I love expected. The, it's, I love the idea. I love it because it's, it's active and you never stop cooking. Yeah. If we ever just had to sit on the couch, I'm awkward. But if you let me sweep or do dishes or cook, I'm yeah. really comfortable in that space. Right? <laughs> when you can constantly be moving. That's yeah. one of the best parts is like for me when I'm cooking, I'm constantly at the barbecue. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've been cooking a lot of wild game mm -hmm. for my entire life. Right. Right. And the best part about it is everybody comes by the barbecue. Mm -hmm. to get food and then they leave 
and everybody comes back by the barbecue and it's constant rotating circle yeah you know and anybody who's been at a flip-flop knows the best place to be is at the side of the barbecue the entire time hot piece coming off yeah, yeah hot yeah. piece coming mm-hmm. off here's the knife but uh how long does it take you to do one uh, it depends on the animal. Let's just say I take a, yeah. an average mule deer. Yeah, forty-five minutes to an hour to the bone. To the bone. And then, and how many people can you feed with that? Twenty. Uh, so I usually shoot for eighteen to twenty-pound hams. Okay. And uh, I would say, in that ballpark, you can feed anywhere from fifteen to thirty people, maybe. Okay. Maybe some more. And not one place on that ham is a better place than the other. No. It's all good because you got all it's, equally it's that charred amazing. raw side. Yeah. Any particular bread you use? Just sourdough. Sourdough. Yeah. And you're grilling that sourdough or just no on sourdough? Oh, just yeah, just no on butter. sourdough. No. no, I'll put butter on it. Salted butter. butter. Yeah. Got it. Give it yeah. a hit it that way. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good, dude. I gotta try it. Yeah. When's the next one? Um, I'm doing. I'm flying up to Bozeman. I got to go do a wedding up there. We're gonna do a elk flip flop. Sweet. Which. The last That's a time. two-handed flip-flop, bro. Dude, it's more than that. I mean, it's a two-person. Yeah. It's a two-person deal. Um, so that's not until, I think, June 12th, but uh, got a bunch, dude. All Do you over cut the place. them on those big trays so you don't lose anything? Like no, an I just cut it straight while the meat's still on the grill. You, did it hit, does it hit the grill? And you the take meat? It off the, yeah. No, not you. I mean, sometimes it'll fall through. So you just lean it up. You cut it yeah, down. Yeah, just lean it and cut but it I mean, straight down. But it's, essentially, it would land on the bread or on the grill. It stays on the knife. Okay. And then you use the knife as your Got spatula it. to load it on the bread. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, I love stuff like that. Right? Yeah, it's just hard to beat. Well, Nick, like, you know, I mean, you, you're you a big fan of Yeti, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes Huge. with Yeti's concept, you know, which is togetherness. Yep. Um, Birch Barrel, which is a, a grill company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I cooked it on a, on a birch barrel absolutely the best way that I've ever cooked on it. Okay. Um, compared to any other grills. And strict reason being, the way that a birch barrel throws heat is uncanny to anything got else. Got it. It's just jamming. Yeah, jamming. Because it's got to be rocking heat, right? Yeah. Where you're oh, just yeah. hurting your hurting your, your hands but the best hand. part about the birch barrel is you're not hurting your hands because of the way it's designed the way it's captured yeah it's That's pretty awesome. remarkable product but yeah I mean it's you could do that thing in a kiln you could try you throw it in the door yeah yeah it'd probably be too fast though you know what would be fun what I've always wanted to try would be in a uh, you know like a pizza mm-hmm. oh, yeah wood. like a pizza oven yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that I've always wanted to try that yeah it makes sense because, I, I mean, that's a lot of heat in there. It's a lot of heat, and you're getting it from every side. Right. Right. That's right. cool. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. Right. So what do you got going on coming up? What, what kind of hunts you got coming up for your next, next year? trip? Sheep hunt in March. Mm-hmm. So the sheep hunt, we talked about the unsuccessful, well, let me rephrase, the, the one we didn't harvest the sheep on after the yep. governor's tag. Uh, we're going back to that ranch in two weeks, and we're looking for a particular ram. So hopefully that happens. And then... We're not back less than a month. The whole family, we're all going to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. We're going back to just visit with friends that I got to hunt and film around with several years ago. Yeah. Super excited about that. I am going to fly to Austin and go to the, the last uh, Yeti production, kind of support Jeff. And I'm just going to be, I'm literally flying in, going to go to it, and I'm flying home. So you're not here on the 8th? 
No. Or the 10th, whatever. I think no, it's the Monday ten, the, the 10th. We'll be, hunting, we'll be hunting on the 10th. And then mm -hmm. every date of the film festival up until that one in Austin, I'm going to be gone. Oh, so really? it was like the last one. Yeah. Um, so I'll go out and we'll see Russell's family for just real quick. Cool. But we'll only be in town like one day for like a two-hour event. Right? Yeah. That's but, awesome. I'm really excited for that. I mean, the, I the, too. the film festival in Santa Barbara is going to be really fun. Jake, Jeff, and I are all going to go. And Good. I would. I uh, I went to last year's, or it was two years ago in Santa Ana, mm -hmm. and it was really cool. Great crowd. Um, so I'm excited, and I love film. Right, yeah. I, I love film. And then I'm doing uh, Cammy's Stone Sheep Hunt, which will be her slam ram in the Yukon. How cool is that? Oh, youngest yeah. girl, jacked up. Matter of fact, they bought her for today. Um, that's just super fun. We'll have our Wyoming hunt first season with uh, just kind of that core group of guys on the ranch, and then my mother, daughter, and hopefully my wife this year in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. um, second season. And family then, hunt. Family hunt, yeah. And then we got uh, back in Texas in late January, and there's a few things in between. That, oh, a couple of elk hunts on the ranch this year. I'm nice. actually going to film a few elk hunts there. I think all that's on the calendar, honey. Oh, I think it is. She was saying this. You don't think it's on the calendar. It, yeah. it definitely is. Yeah. It just sounds like a lot when you start stacking it in place. Right. When you throw it all out there. Yeah. Definitely. Right on, man. Well, cool. I think we'll end it there. What was your daughter's key phrase that she said? Uh, today's tomorrow is uh, no. Yeah. Lance. Let's butcher this. Tomorrow is today's yesterday. Tomorrow, tomorrow is, is today's, today's yesterday. You know, one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, well done is better than well said. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah. Was it ben Benjamin Franklin? What? Well done is better than well said. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.